old school is it that we're doing this as a podcast, but I'm calling you on a telephone. I feel like it's 19, I don't know, 98 oh, all know, over I'm again. Here, I was sitting with my, my microphone and my headset on, and all of a sudden I'm like, oh, wait a second, he's calling me on my phone. Yeah, yeah. Hi, I'm Steve Joel, a radio host and Warhammer 40,000 nut from New Zealand. Thanks for tuning in. This podcast series celebrates our hobby through the people who influence it most. The 40K Game Changers. I'll do the big intro and then we'll chat about you. Is there anything you don't want to, any areas you don't want to go to, anything you don't want to talk about? I I have absolutely nothing I don't want to talk about. I am good to go for everything. (laughs) All right. And we're on my favorite favorite subject, me, so how can we go wrong? (laughs) In this episode, we're just going to have some fun with a man that's been in the game a long, long time time and he's got some great stories from 40k and so many other parts of his life Spain's my favorite place that I've been they 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 eat like I want to eat small <laughs> meals all the time all the, all the time and it was pretty laid back before we start could you do me a favor go like 40k game changes on Facebook maybe leave a review if you enjoy the podcast it would help a lot and it would mean a lot also, thanks to my friends at the Frontline Gaming Network for supporting the show. Get your tickets to the biggest events in the world at frontlinegaming.org. Now, on with the podcast. He has represented the USA nine times. He's won the Atlantic City Open, the Michigan GT, the Motor City Mayhem, the Stud or Snotling Major in Canada, the Glass City GT, the Armed Forces Charity Day GT, and all of those were just in the same few months at the end of... I want to say the last round of the ITC circuit. He has more majors and GTs to his name than almost any other player. He's been in the world of content creation for a little while too and is nearly as well known for his love of red wine as his 40K. Brad Chester, how are you, man? How good. Always good. Good. Excited to talk today. I normally pride myself on great intros, but you get a great intro every single time you're on with Blake Law. So, you know, you're used to having... Right thing, he prides here. himself on that. It's my favorite thing I do, by the way. Out of all the stuff, the content stuff, I love doing the Unbroken because I, it's it might be my my favorite just because the idea of it. Because you always learn so much from every loss. Yeah. So it's, yeah. The big of the podcast makes me just excited to do every time. It's a great show. I always start these chats with the my favorite thing I know about you, and my favorite thing I know about you is that you featured in the Toledo Blaze in 2001 when the pizza place you owned was burgled, which uh, I feel like was not a great reason for you to be in the paper, but I love the fact that I found that article <laughs> from all those years ago. I... Unfortunately, was I did a long time. I was a pizza store owner for a long time, and I was in a rough neighborhood. So I've, I've unfortunately been burgled more than once. Yeah, but you get a, a, you're not even immune to it, but just uh, your reaction to it is so laissez-faire. You're just like, eh. Yeah. Some guy what? wants to try to steal stuff from us. Whatever. What are they <laughs> stealing from a pizza joint though? Is it the cash drawer they're after, or are they getting ingredients? I wish they were only getting ingredients. We've had so many funnies on that, though, because half the time they get caught. The one that I'm in the paper for is hilarious because the guy came in and got on my cameras, cameras he brought two places, and then his mom 
took him to the police station, holding him by the ear, and yelled at them to make sure they arrested him. It was fantastic. <laughs> he's he's come home with money and, for some reason, pizza sauce on his knees, so we know what's, what's up. <laughs> That's crazy. Now, uh, other than red wine, the other thing people will know about you is that hat that we see you in often, the cap with the big O on it. So I feel That's like right. Ohio State, baby. Yeah, TJ has his suits. John Lennon has the headband. You have the hat. Is it a, is it a lucky thing or is it just what's with the hat all the time? Well, well one is to cover my bald head, so I need to be warm. <laughs> so that, that's the one. Uh, but I've, I'm a big Ohio State fan, Ohio State Buckeyes. So I, I have tons and tons of Ohio State gear. I was my whole family was crazy Buckeye fans, so I just have gear. And that's the head I wear. And I, after that, it kind of became kind of my my security, my safety thing, where I didn't. Right. I felt wrong if I'm not wearing an Ohio State cap. So it became more of a a little bit of tradition, a little bit of superstition that I need to wear it when I'm playing, or everything won't go well. Right. <clears throat> and is it the same cap that you've had for a long time, or do you kind of switch caps around? I try to make it. Well, now I've been wearing some different caps, but. Uh, my, I've been told that my my cap that I wore forever is a biohazard, so I'm pretty sure my <laughs> wife hides it from me as much as humanly possible. Yeah. I also have a million hats, but I only wore that one. Yeah, any time. I have a um, I have a Chicago Cubs hat, and uh, I know this is supposed to be about you, but I think you'll find this interesting. I went to Wrigley Field in uh, well a long time ago, two thousand something, early two thousands, to watch the Cubs play. And I bought a cap on the way in, a Chicago Cubs cap, and I brought it back to New Zealand, and I wore it everywhere. And then my brother, my little brother, had a cap collection, and so I gave it to him, and I said, this is special. And then a couple of years later, he passed away, and I went to clear the stuff out of his house. You know, he had all this crap in his house, and I went to clear it out. And his cap collection was in a box in his closet, except for one cap was hanging on the wall, and that was the Cubs cap that I gave him. Which was uh, nice. Yeah. That's yeah. Awesome. So I then I claimed yeah. it back and I wore it everywhere. But a bit, a little bit like yours, my wife said to me a couple of years back, "You, you just, I know that hat has a special connection to you, but you just can't wear it anymore. It's like literally, it's the <laughs> seams are, it's falling apart. You have to put it somewhere that it won't just disintegrate. And also, it stinks. <laughs> you can't wash it because it will die. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> Same, same thing. Mine has been washed and still seems to be awful. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you know, it's got a lot of sweat in it when it does that, when you just can't get it out. So uh, the other thing I have to bring up with you is when I was doing research for this episode is 40, uh, Bradchester's 40K wall. Uh, It's a Facebook page, which basically reveres Brad as a Chuck Norris style figure in the game of 40K with gems like, did you know that Bradchester's won so much prize support from 40K events he's now considered the largest 40K distributor in the US? Hashtag Brad Facts. <laughs> that was set up by friends when I was still in the early days of gaming, not early days of gaming, but early days of letting everybody know that I gamed. Because it was so hard to explain what you did. Uh, we, I mean, so many times you have to explain what you're doing with all the your miniatures and stuff like that that it's hilarious. I mean, just going through airport security is one of my favorites. Oh yeah, uh, when they just open up and just kind of give you that look like, 
all right, what is this? Just, it's, <laughs> yeah. What is this? I yeah. have a good story for TSA with that. One of my buddies, hello, Greg Sparks, defeated a TSA agent because they opened it up, and he was so excited to tell him all about the lore of 40K and everything else, and the guy just closed the container <laughs> and just went, you can you can go, man. Yeah. He, he just—he could have had only guns in there. After that description, he's just like, I just don't care. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, Move along. Wow. <laughs> but this is—I I can't remember who it was. Someone else said to me the best way to get through all of that is to start talking 40k. As soon as someone, if you don't want someone's company, right. if you're in a hurry, just start talking about the law or whatever it is about the game. People will move on really, really fast if they're not into it. Oh yeah. We had. It's still one of my favorites. I think it's why I'm able to keep a positive outlook on the game is because my the thing that I always go back to all the time is you can't tell someone that doesn't play 40K what you're mad about because you start off the conversation with, all right, I'm a grown-ass middle-aged man, <laughs> and I was playing with my toys with another grown man, and this is what I'm angry at. They just kind of go, please, please stop talking about this. <laughs> <family now." laughs> That's right. It's really, and you're in the same situation. You go home to your wife. I go home to my wife after yeah. an event, and I'm like, oh, I'm grumpy because I lost this game. And then um, the same thing. As soon as I start telling you what happened, she's like, you remember that people have real problems in the world, including, you know, your children have a thing they have to deal with and I've got to do this. And and you lost a game of 40K. Who gives a shit? You know, it's like, anyway. We had uh, an incident. I was going, I was flying to an event and I had my box of toys, which I always carry on with me because I don't want to take the risk, right? And uh, we were running late, and the guy at the airport, I said to the guy, we just we need to get this plane or we're going to miss our start time. And he said, well, what have you got in the cases? And I went, uh, <laughs> well, uh, how do I explain this? He said, are there any guns in there? And I went, uh, <laughs> like hundreds, <laughs> hundreds, but they're tiny little, they're not, <laughs> oh, sh- I should have thought about this more clearly before I started talking. So, <laughs> you're like, well, not the guns you're worried about. Yeah, not guns. No, not guns, but yes, guns, but not guns. Um, listen, how's the health? I'm alive. I've set the bar so low for 2022. Just stay alive. That's my new plan. Right. It, this, so, it comes up a lot with in conversations. I know that we hear it in podcasts, and you've you've you reference it from time to time in the various content you create. So legitimately, though, are you, uh, you know, I know you've had operations and you've been away for a bit for this and that and you've missed tournaments. Uh, so starting out 2022, the plan is is just get take through? Easier. Take it easier. Um, make better decisions as far as extending myself out. And the thing is, is that I have no problems talking about that kind of thing. If you can't laugh at serious stuff, then it becomes something that you can't deal with. So right. make make fun of it. Why not? But no, I, I'm trying to be a little bit smarter about not going to, you know, four major events in five weeks kind of thing like I did where I was all over the world for, for event, event, event. But I do love to travel, though. The best yeah. part about 40K is, is traveling and meeting people you would have never met before. I've been to so many different countries and met so many people. So it's hard not to, though, because I love um, – one of my favorite things is just hanging out with everybody. I actually – I'll give Colin Sherman from out west. 
credit for this quote. And I was saying how my favorite part is afterwards talking about the games. And he says, and he looked at me, he goes, I relate to that. He goes, my wife actually called me out and said, you don't like playing 40 K you like winning at 40 K and talking about your wins later (laughs) when you're hanging out with everybody. And I go, I can get that. That is the best time though. is just being with everyone. And, talking about the ridiculous things that happened and the 12-inch charges that somebody made and the 50 saves. Those are all fun. You want weird things to happen in your games and to talk about them afterwards. I love being at the restaurant, the pub, the whatever, wherever you're at after the games with everybody, just having that that talk about everything crazy that happened. It's the greatest thing, and it it sticks with you, these things. You know, when I was in an event years ago, it was one of the first tournaments I went to, uh, and I have not been in the game as long as you, I'll say that, six or seven years. But one of the first events I went to, and I, I was uh, playing with a friend's Drew Kari Army, and I, the guy shot at a, one of my boats, and it blew up. And uh, the, the boat next to it had two wounds left, and then that blew up. And then the boat next to it had a couple of wounds left, and then that blew up. And I was like, what the hell is happening? It's just this is half my army gone from my own explosions. But those weird, crazy, and kind of fun things that happen to you or to your opponent, they really stick with you in this game. Oh, yeah. It's, you know, some of those things are you to talk about years later and just crazy things that have happened and epic dice rolls and stuff yeah. like that. And it, it, I mean, the thing is, is I'm, when I'm going on year 23 now, because I've been playing since 2000, so... I've got lots of them, and it, it's it's just my favorite. I just I I bring up. I have no concept of time anymore with gaming. <laughs> I consistently be like, you remember that one tournament so long ago? You're like, Brad, that was the 2002 GT for Baltimore. You're like, oh, so not recently. Then. Yeah, yeah. That's, <laughs> I don't want to. T- this is a, just an age thing. You and I are about the same age, and I have this all the time. So I don't think it's. I just think we get to an age where time passes so so fast. Also, you know, some things seem yesterday that were ages ago. Some things seem like they were 10 years ago, but they were a month ago. It's just a weird thing when you get to an age, right? Yeah, it's, it, it's so strange. I find myself doing that consistently. Yeah, I have. I had this, I want to say this morning, I was saying to someone, oh, yeah, no, we talked about, I have a radio show in New Zealand and we're, always kind of figuring out what we can talk about on the radio. We should talk about this. We should talk about that. It's fun. It's interesting. And I brought up a topic this morning. I said, I I feel like we talked about this last year on the radio, but, you know, why couldn't we do it again? And we double, triple checked, and it was literally seven or eight years ago the last time that we brought this topic up. Not even close. Not even close, and it happens all the time. Hey, let's – well, let's go back chronologically to a little while back. I feel like – when you were a young and you were a sporty kid, I played everything. I played year round. Right. I played. Uh, I played uh, football, wrestling, track, tennis. Uh, I played baseball. I played a little bit of everything, and then I did. Uh, I was. I, I found out. I was real mad, real fast when I found out about freshman year that uh, this was about as tall as I was going to get. So that's also when I started to uh, do different martial arts and boxing and stuff like that. I was like. Everybody's going to pay for me being this short. I'll get back at all of you. <laughs> right. So you didn't have any nerd element in your existence when you were a kid? No, I started right away. I was, uh, I've always been a weird uh, uh, child of two, word, two worlds. I started uh, playing D&D and stuff um, when I was 13. 
Okay. Uh, maybe earlier. So I was I was doing those, but I kept everything super separate because it was too hard to. It wasn't like now when everything everybody knows what gaming is and stuff like that. It's just wide stream. Back then, it was just so hard to explain yeah. to your only football friends or your only you know club friends. You know, when I'm later, you know, go to the bars. You know what gaming is. So I for a long time that was the the thing that the Brad's for 40k wall was. Is I just did, I kept everything so separate for so long because it was I did it was just too hard to have those awkward conversations and now it's super easy because everybody's out there people are watching people stream games and stuff like that so yeah. it's, it's so much of a different world than it was forty years ago when I first started gaming <clears throat> forty years ago <laughs> no that's crazy the um, I feel like there's see again I got into it later. So for me, I have this whole big group of friends that existed before I even knew what 40, 40K was myself that I still hang out with. And so my 40K friends still very much are kind of a separate group from the other people I hang out with who couldn't care less about 40K. I feel like you must be, I don't know if it's the same for you, but I feel like you have a more of a well-rounded life than maybe some other people who are a bit younger and just fully into 40k or are you fully into it and you don't have anything else no i do so much other stuff i mean i travel i mean i i try to do just a ton of stuff i love i'm a huge fight fan i like to travel i'm still really a sports fan mm. i still try to i don't go out as much as i used to because i'm an, an old married man now but <laughs> you know i used to be you know a bar guy a sports guy a and I'm a gaming guy, so I have I have all of my time is spent. I I'm never bored. How about that? There's yeah. always something I can do because I've got so many hobbies. Because not only do I love all these games, I also love all these other sports, and I love all these other uh, just media. I'm a huge movie guy. I love I have tons of books. I have just a ridiculous bookshelves everywhere. Um, so. There's just so much stuff that I love. And the thing is, I actually think that a lot of people have a lot of common with that. I've actually been looking to have more just talks and casts and just different things because I feel like a lot of people that game have different things that they don't feel they could talk about. Like through weirdly just an accident, I found in a 40K that we have a ton of guys that are fight fans that are competing in martial arts and stuff like that. Yeah. And you would never just randomly pick it up. But there's karate guys, jiu-jitsu guys, kickboxing guys, a ton of people that love watching MMA, UFC, and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and we've all kind of slowly found that out about each other, and everybody's always surprised. Like, really? And then you you have one more thing that you can talk about, much to your, your wife, girlfriend and wife chagrin when you're sitting there <laughs> having your conversation that they wish you would stop having. <laughs> the, um, actually, a shout-out to my friend Aaron, who's my the person I play against most commonly. Uh, before 40K, the thing he did was MMA. He was a fighter and he had a bunch of fights and stuff. So, so yeah, I, under, I get right. that. I understand, yeah. Um, in a lot of your early social media stuff, you come across as someone who's not short on confidence. Uh <laughs> yeah, I've, 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 Brad's a big fan of Brad, yes. <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> if, if you don't love you, why would anybody else love you? <laughs> right. Was that, that sort of, uh, I want to say, I don't know how old you are when you first started doing social media, but is, is some of that bluster and bravado, or you were just, you were always kind of an outgoing, confident kind of a guy? Oh, they're both. 
I love the ridiculousness of it. I like to just make a caricature of myself because, I mean, I do different calls and, and podcasts and stuff where effectively our entire premise is just making fun of me, and I love it. I embrace it. <laughs> I just – the thing is, is you can make any even – regular time a fun time if you're just willing to step outside of the norm i used to just do things like hey it's beach night tonight brad it's the middle of february well for you it'd be good but for us it's not so good <laughs> so, you know, we're we're all gonna dress in beach gear you know it's zero degrees out you're like yeah well, we'll just run you know right into the club into the you know we'll hang out just to get things just different you get into those boring gray days and you want to do something different. So I just always wanted to be uh, a little bit different. Plus, you know, you want to, you want to kind of set your own tone and do fun things. Yeah. I, I'm clearly willing to wander around with my glass of wine and tell people what I think about things. So, <laughs> yeah. so when you started playing tournament games, let's, let's get back to 40 K you're, You've got into the thing, you've been into it since, you know, quite early on, and you, you start going to tournaments and stuff. Were you good at this game straight away, or did you have to get your ass kicked a little bit first? I think everybody gets their ass kicked a little bit first. I got good fairly quickly because I played competitive a lot of other things. I played uh, card games, a lot of other just competitive uh, tactical games. So I think that a lot of those translate over. If you're good at one tactical game, you're going to be good at all of the tactical games. So it, it kind of transferred over. But I, I went to the – people were super excited when I first started playing 40K that I had been good at a bunch of other games, and they were – my friend group was more than willing to pummel me mercilessly from the <laughs> school of hard knocks when we first started playing. So, but, but I did pick up competitively. I got destroyed for a while, just like everybody else does. But I did do well fairly – early competitively but i think i just spent i was really determined to get better but i also had a lot of time on my hands because i started playing 40k after my first open heart surgery and i just had a lot of time uh off so i just played a bizarre amount of games uh to just try to pick up the game so i really started off kind of on an accelerated learning curve because i didn't have anything else to do and i found this thing that i was instantly kind of turned on by and really ramped into and just played a ton of games and looked at it from just kind of a efficiency standpoint right away. You know what, you know, what units are the best point per wound, point per attack, point per everything and kind of took a, a math skew as far as that and became the biggest paradox because I'm a huge fluff fan as far as all the lore and everything, mm. but I'm also completely willing to say that I bandwagon whatever army's the best. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, that the, so the heart surgery you're talking about, I the, as far as I can tell, it's around 2012. Was that the first one, or is that just a just another one in a long line of heart surgeries? That's the second one. That was the, my second. My second open hour was 2012. I started playing. I started playing 40k in 2000. Oh, okay. Right, literally right after my surgery, I oh. I was just sitting at the game store because uh, I couldn't drive and I got dropped off by my my wife and would literally was like, Hey, what are you guys doing? Yeah. I mean, I had a couple of my friends were playing and I just read through the books and I was like, this lore is amazing. Let me, let me go out and play this game. One of my favorite things, I've never been a modeler ever my whole life. I've never been artistic at all. And at, at the game store, I bought my first box of chaos terminators and there's yeah. a ton of people just sitting around staring at me. And I'm like, 
why is everybody looking at me? And I'm like, just go ahead and open the box. We want to see your reaction. I'm like, I guess, whatever. So I open the box, and I'm thinking I'm going to get five Terminators that are going to pour out of this box. And, <laughs> you know, of course, all the sprues come out, and I lose my mind, and everybody was exactly what they were waiting for is their young Brad to freak out about, you know, yeah. this. I like, this was everything I hoped for. <laughs> you being an idiot was perfect. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So how, listen, I was going to come to this later, but you've brought it up. You're a sporty guy, you're an active guy, you're a bar guy, you're all of this, and then you get hit with this heart thing and you've got to have the heart surgery, and they've, so, which by necessity means slow the hell down. How hard is that for you at that point? <laughs> I didn't. Yeah. I was the worst patient ever. Because I had a bunch of stuff. Unfortunately, my if I was a horse, they would have taken me out in the back and shot me because I've got a <laughs> bunch of other stuff that go with that. I thought I was twins at first. I used to have two heartbeats. I I used to go into what's called SVT, and my personal record is a heart rate of 249. Wow. So they'd have, I'd have to go into the ER, and they would convert me over. Um, so I had that problem, and I also have uh, a bad aortic valve, and I've had my root and my coronary root replaced. So... My my heart's crap. My joints are crap. I was supposed to be a chess player that didn't move very much, but I'm pretty fast and strong. I'm just broken. So yeah, I limp around a lot. Wow. Weirdly enough, in in weird crisis situations, I don't know if I'm just a – I was a old, grizzled, veteran, old man even early in life, but I just – so many things happened to me uh, medically. The, the 249 is one of my favorite stories. I come in to the ER and I just walk up and I'm talking to the guy, blah, blah, you know, heart problems. They immediately take you back, you know, you're front of the line because they don't want you dying in the waiting room. And I'm just talking to a doctor and they were talking about football and I'm talking about my Raiders. He's a Steeler fan and we're just, you know, blah, 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 blah. And he hooks me up to the leads and all the alarms go off. And he's like, he goes, Oh shit, and runs away. I come back <laughs> to the trauma team and convert me over to everything. And he's talking to me later. He's like, Hey man, you can't just act like nothing's happening. I'm like, maybe I shouldn't, but I clearly I could. Right. <laughs> I'm like, but then, but there's no, I don't know. I have a real disconnect when like all my medical stuff's going on because panicking doesn't do me any good and just that's yeah. eh, happening. You know, yeah. I have faith in my, my medical people. You guys will, you guys won't let me die. Hopefully, so I'll be good to go. But it'll, it'll all work out itself out in the end. If your heart rate is two forty nine, and and that's before you start panicking, it's not gonna it's not gonna get better <laughs> after you start panicking, is it? Wow. So uh, listen, let's again. I keep going away from forty k and then coming back to it. But you're in Toledo, which no offense, doesn't seem like you know a hub for great players or or a super strong meta. Uh, so when you when you first pick up the game and you're playing and the people you're playing against, obviously you've got some good players around, but does that mean you then have to start traveling to to get good competition? Weirdly enough, in the beginning of it, I didn't realize how good I had it from the beginning because way back in the early 2000s, Toledo actually had, I think it was four of the top five or six players in the world uh, on the ratings were all there. Wow. So it, it was just one of those random small city has a bunch of players that play a ton um, and then traveled a ton. So then, obviously, as life goes on and babies happen and everything else, people fell by the wayside, and I started traveling more and more and more. But I didn't realize how good I had it at first. I was like, oh, everybody's play groups are 
this good, you know? <laughs> and then I'm like, no, they're not. You you just had fantastic luck in your early career of having a ton of good players right next to you. That's amazing that you would have that. Did you have a, a player who was like a mentor or did you have a couple of guys that you looked up to who helped you along in that phase of your 40K career? In the beginning, I had uh, the group itself was Greg Sparks, Mike Munchler, and Peter Elias. And then we joined the the young lad, John Willingham, uh, were of the, the core group that was around for a while at the beginning, just crushing out games. Um, and everybody was just really good. So they, they were playing, I think, two of them were playing even before I was because they were playing in the late 90s. And then uh, I came in and then I started playing early 2000s and then really started playing with them all the time. Um, and maybe two or three years into me playing the game itself, I started the gaming with those guys all the time. And then my game really shot up from there. Right. And uh, I originally was going to ask you about owning pizza joints and fitting all that in, but I figure, you know, after the heart surgery, uh, where does where does the pizza joints and the 40K career, do they overlap at all or had you got rid of it all by then? No, I I owned, I started in pizza in 1992. I bought pizza stores pretty early. Yeah. And I had them until 2008, I want to say. Okay. Um, so, and I started playing 40K in 2000, so it was, there was a lot of overlap. There was times when I wasn't playing as much, and then there was times when I played a ton. So it just depended on, you know, kind of what was happening, uh, what kind of what was life going on. So yeah, yeah, that's uh, what I was kind I, of wondering is how you fit it all in when you've got, as you say, you've got lots of other things going on. You've got your pizza joint, you've got your books, you've got your sports that you're super keen on. You want to keep up with that, uh, and you've got 40k that's that's come along, and you're trying to work in some games and get to tournaments and events. That's a lot. That's a big schedule be a lifelong insomniac and clearly it doesn't affect your health at all. You know, I'm super healthy. That's right. so, That's right. I can definitely attest to that. Just don't, don't sleep, sleep man. It's fine. Yeah, yeah, I find the yeah, uh, I find the same. Get very get very little sleep. It's just awful for every part of your body. Exactly. Do but you, it does give you lots of time to catch up on all the rest of your hobbies. Sure. I love watching sports and reading. Do you remember? Do you remember the tournaments you've won? I can list off a bunch that you've won. There are a whole lot of others, I'm sure, that you have that aren't online. Do you remember so each victory? No, God, no. I, I, I remember a lot of just the like the things we were talking about earlier, the the crazy stories and stuff like that. I remember my losses way more than I remember my wins. Right? Because I, because well, there's so many wins that like didn't because back in the day it didn't matter. I won a ton of best generals because when we first, when I first started playing, it was the overall that mattered and I didn't have a well-painted army and they had comp back then. So I was always taking uh, not so comp friendly army. So I wasn't getting huge points on that. So I got a ton of just best general type things, which would now be considered, you know, winning the tournament. But back then it was just one of the awards that was less than uh, the overall award, which was the most battle points plus, you know, comp and paint and everything else. Right. So I was just, I was the, one of the guys on the, my, my team. I had two guys that just always had beautifully painted armies. And my job and one of the other guys' job was just to smash, smash and get people out of the way. And right. it worked really well, team concept. So we got to play with that. But no, um, I, could, I can't remember half the stuff, to, to be honest. 
Um, I remember some of the ones that I've only that I've won once that are big deals and stuff like that, and some of the ones that I have that I'd love to win, but I haven't because I've had Adepticon, Nova. I still haven't won LVO. I've got second, third, and fourth, I think, so far. Right. And uh, and I've won a bunch of you know random tournaments uh, all over, just a thing. But I uh, most of the things I remember, especially the early you know early day, is is just the wacky stuff that happened, you know. Weird stories, drinking fun, drinking too much, right. <laughs> doing something dumb. Those are all the stories that I remember. Or just a, a crazy game. That's why I would tell you, talk about the when we talked about earlier, where you can't even complain to a non forty k person about your loss. And the thing is, is that you won't remember that. You'll remember the the extreme ones, the crazy rolls, the super yeah. fun times. The weird story; those are all the things that stick with me over, over time. So, I I remember those more than I remember any of my wins. I mean, I remember my losses so much more. Yeah, like ugh. when I when I made this terrible play and I lost the tournament, those those stick in my head. Thank you, brain. I always want to remember all the bad things. <laughs> yeah, forever. That's, that's the way Four our brains work, forever. though, right? That's the way. That's the way it happens. But do you have one that you're most proud of, like a tournament or a victory or a thing that happened? Maybe your first one, or maybe the latest one, or maybe the biggest one. I don't know. WTC or ETC at the time, team tournament win. Right. It was, it was really the hardest year. You take all the the all the these countries come together and play and you get all their best players and playing. I love team format. Like if we had a better team format here in the States, I don't even know if I would do singles events because I love playing teams so much with that because every point counts because you get a combined score. So it's the only time that you could go Oh, and six and still be the MVP of your team <laughs> because you took the, the toughest matchup and scored points, you yeah. know, the zero to 20 score is how they usually do it there. But like if you score an eight or nine against the list that no one wants to play in your team, every single round, you're the MVP of the team, you know, and you can't do that in a singles thing. You know what I mean? You just had a bunch of losses. If you were, if you did that in singles, yeah. but and team, every point counts. And I just, I like the idea that every round is almost like a new tournament because it doesn't matter if you just lost. You have to get your head back into the game and play. And that was really, really hard. You know, we played, uh, we won, sure, I can't even know COVID years, two two ETCs ago since we've had two years of not having one. But uh, England won the very last one, and we won the one before that. Um, and I was really proud of that because I've been, you know, part of it for so long, and we've come close but not not you know, got up there as number one, and finally we got we got our win, and I was super excited about it because I put in a ton of work for that uh, over the years. So it was kind of a not just a one year of effort; it was years of effort that came together. What army did you take to that? I took chaos. I took a Abaddon double Zangor, one hundred and sixty cultists. It was a just a horde army that. I needed an uh, entire village to help me play because I was broken. I couldn't even stand up after playing it. So, but it was uh, it was great for the tournament because we got to put it into stuff, uh, and I I did well that year. Um, so, scored some good points and really ground out a lot of games that made it meant a lot for the team. You know, I mean, because of the fact that I was able to take things big armies that people wanted to get a lot of points with, I was able to pair, get it paired into that. 
and then I was lucky enough to win. But just not even even if I hadn't won, just making that army not score what they were wanting to score was just a big deal. Right. I mean, again, I wonder if this is an age thing, but I feel like the older I get, the further I drift away from horde armies. I just the idea of painting and playing. My knees, my knees are. I don't know if as bad as yours, but I've had operations on knees. And so the idea of standing around a table trying to shift a horde army around, the, the older I get, the closer I drift towards custodies and knights I'm like, you can, or crush a stampede. You can, you can keep your hordes. The worst part is, is my natural play is MSU-type armies with units everywhere is like the way I like to play. Right. But, man, it is brutal over uh, the course of a weekend, you know, just playing in that kind of style. So 100% I can understand that. Yeah. So you need, you need a helper. I, I need an assistant. <laughs> Move my models for me, man. Be my runner. Um, so what's the best part of the world to visit then? You've been you've been all around the place, but I, I guess a Jägermeister is a Jägermeister anywhere you go. Spain's my favorite place that I've been. They 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 eat like I want to eat. Small <laughs> meals all the time, all the all the time, and it was pretty laid back. Also, the, yeah. the dollar was was pretty strong there, so I was also very happy about that. Yeah, so, but I've I had so much fun. I always have to give it the credit to the guy, the boys in Sweden. Uh, I've been there multiple times. Uh, the entire everybody from the team and everybody around, all the Swedish guys, are fantastic. I, I'm, I'm planning on going there again this year. I, we do a, we usually do a pre-trip before the uh, ETC, and we we usually do uh, like a team weekend where we play a bunch of games, drink and eat way too much, but try to pretend that we're actually getting ready for the tournament at the same time. Uh, <laughs> just play a ton of games and talk through everything, and they're just great hosts. So I always have to give them credit. I've I've had some of my greatest memories of. In Sweden, so I have to give. I have to give them. If you're going for a body of work, uh, an athlete that has a career, <laughs> uh, it would definitely be uh, over in Stockholm. There, we yeah. have had some great times. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Neil Kurse is the same thing. He just he's a big fan of the Sweden area and the Swedish players and the the Swedish people. Uh, it's got to be cool representing your country as well, right? When you first get the call up and you put the jacket on, the USA, that must feel good. It is. It's awesome. It's it's love. It's it's really cool to say. You're like I'm on the national team. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, yeah. You're like you're like for what? We won't go that far. But I am on the USA <laughs> national team. That's right. You can just figure it out. You know, yeah. I, I look pretty sporty. Maybe maybe you think I'm going for something else. But uh, <laughs> it's, it's pretty awesome. I mean, it's just it, it's cool to represent your your country. But it and the thing is, is that. You know that when you're going in a team event that other people are counting on you, so you can't just you can't phone it in. You know, right. in a in a regular tournament you go somewhere and if you're getting beat, you kinda of just eh, whatever. You kinda of just go through the motions of finishing that game out. Uh team tournament where every point counts is a big deal, you know, because we had rounds where we won the round by one point. So, you know, not trying your hardest even when you're getting beat. And that's a big that's a tough, tough skill to learn is playing four points when you're getting crushed yeah because no one it's not a great feeling and then you're trying to grind out you know a two out of 20 you know and as you're getting your your head stepped on and just but doing that consistently is the difference between you know winning those rounds and maybe getting a draw or a loss i feel like that happens to me more than it happens to you i would know more about getting my head stepped on than you do
<laughs> I spend more. I just spend more time. <laughs> I'm, I'm just willing to put more time into 40k. It's reps, it's reps, reps, and more reps. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I feel like there must be some natural talent there as well that I that I'm just missing out on. But you know what? I am officially, as of not that long ago, the captain of the New Zealand team that is hoping to go, not this year but next year. So, uh, nice. yeah, that feels good. Feel like I, it feels good to rep your country, even though your country's never done anything. I'm like you. I say I'm the captain of the New Zealand team. Oh, really? What team? Look, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it's not the point. <laughs> <laughs> but I am the captain. Thank you very much. Have, how many games have you played in one? You're missing the point. The point is... <laughs> anyway. So um, I want to go into the content creation side of things. There's so many things I feel like I could discuss with you. The evolution of the game is one thing that I, I'd love to talk about as well at some point from... You were talking about, you know, the time where it was uh, best general versus, you know, overall was more important in the US. And now you go and you win an event and it's just about smashing the other guy. And I'm wondering about where that changed and why it changed, do you think? I've, a, I've talked about this a decent amount. And I don't know exactly when it started. FLG had a big hand in that because they started running tournaments that were just just the, the battle you know, just battle yeah. was what it, it really turned there. I think it was in the 2010s. It might have been earlier, but it just for a while, I mean, for the first half of all the time I played, it was it was the overall, and that was just, that's what counted. And even though I'm a, again, as I said, I'm a, I'm a weird paradox of it, because I still miss those days, and everybody looks back at rose-colored glasses with, you know, their past and a lot of things. But I did like that time quite a bit because I do really enjoy everybody going above and beyond in hobby things, mm. you know, with the display boards and the models being converted and stuff like that. So one of my favorite tournaments is the uh, Adepticon team tournament, which I just won with <laughs> Alan Elliott Mitch, but uh, it's a very big on hobby. So you have to have these huge display boards and different reasons to bring things and they count uh, theme and you get a sportsmanship score and you get a comp score and you got your battle score, but you get so many other things that are involved in it. And while I'm a huge power gamer, I also just really appreciate that side. And I do think that they should reward it. If, if I'd like anything to change, to go back to, I still like the, you know, this is the war master. You want, you know, all your games, give you props, but I do think that they need to have more, of a prize support for people that are overall winners mm. and make a little bit bigger of a deal of it. Do you, for instance, Sean Naden, I think, run Renman two years in a row. Uh, that's kind of nobody just knew, if you like, because they held it in a different day than the finals, you know. So it's you want them to have the, the lion's share of the prize support. I really think that the person that wins the just the battle, give them their, their sword, their axe, their, their whatever, their cool trophy, uh, most of the time, those people are looking for their ITC ranking and stuff in the first place. You know, they they want the the recognition of being the best player, and then have the people that spent the time because a person that wins the overall has spent considerably more time than me with getting their army ready, getting painting, modeling, converting, you know, everything else that comes with that. Yeah. Do you, do you think that if we shifted things back towards that, that if the tournament, the overall winner of the tournament was actually the person that put the time in and also was a nice guy at the table and and also had some results, 
do you think that maybe would take away some of this uh, bandwagon jumping? Not that I'm accusing anyone in this phone call of doing that, but but like recently we've said like there's a tournament as we record. We're going into a tournament tomorrow in New Zealand. Forty players, and I'm I'm not kidding. Of the forty people coming, twenty five of the people coming are bringing uh, Harlequins, Eldar, Tau, or Custodies. I believe that one hundred percent. Twenty five out of forty are bringing armies from three codexes. But do you? What I, I guess what I'm asking is, if there was more focus on the overall and the hobby and every other part of it, do you think we'd move away from that happening so much? I do because if you were you if you weren't able to jump around so much because you wouldn't be able to jump around so much because unless you had you know infinite money where you were just throwing it at painters and telling them to get ready for you 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 would have to plan so much farther ahead to get that really great score with your models so people wouldn't be able to bounce all over the place and I don't think that's a bad thing I think a lot of people I've had this and a lot of people are against having quote-unquote soft scores uh, be part of what they want as far as their who's the best for the tournament, who won, you know, who's the best player. But, I mean, I still think that those can live in the same world. I would just like to see – I'd like to see the overall taken more seriously and get bigger – I think if you just put more prizes, maybe that would also help it a lot. You know, take some prizes away from just being best battle and put more into the overall – uh, again, I, I think that people that are winning in just battle are fine with their, you know, their whatever, their sticky note that says I'm the best when they leave. So I'd just like to see it rewarded more. I don't, I just appreciate, even though I'm terrible at it, I'm completely have no skills. I have no artistic ability whatsoever, but I do appreciate it in a limited form because I also don't see colors very well. So there's also <laughs> that, but I love I love conversions and stuff like that. I just, I like, I appreciate when people take a lot of time yeah. getting their armies and stuff together. And I just think it's cool if you've got a story behind your army also. It's just, I, I again, I started out as a, a role player and moved up through this. I, I wasn't always the, uh, I wasn't always the, uh, the awful power gamer I am now. So. <laughs> Do you know what? In uh, in this country, when you take your army to a tournament, you are not allowed to qualify for uh, the best painted scores unless you painted it. Like, you can't present an army that someone else painted. Um, I, I like that a lot. That's tough. I know it's a, t- it's a tough rule, but it is, it is what it is. So um, let's move on to the content creation because, I you know, I'm, I'm running out of time and I don't want to take up your whole evening. You've got a wife to get back to. But... Uh, Gentleman Gaming, is was that your first foray into it, or have you been doing content creation for a long time? No, I basically didn't know the internet existed until semi-recently. Old man Brad didn't know anything about it. <laughs> um, I've, I've only, I've, I make fun of um, one of my buddies, one of my best friends. Uh, I say that I've been right about everything except for two arguments. And I go, however, those arguments were pretty big because he told me early on in both YouTube and Twitch to get involved because he says, you're a charismatic guy. People will be want, you know, want to watch this. And I'm like, who's going to do either one of these things on both times? Right. And, uh, I don't think I could have been more wrong <laughs> about something when they first came out. But I, uh, 
Weirdly enough, I, I, I didn't get into content creation until my health really started to go even poor, more, even poorer than it was before when I had some time off. So I, uh, I wasn't working. Uh, I eventually was just not working full time. Uh, then I started doing 40K stuff uh, as my my full-time job and got really into wanting to stream things and stream games and stream other games. I was, I started streaming some games that I was playing uh, Hearthstone and sometimes I was just talking and we started doing the gentleman gaming for a while. Then I joined the art of war crew. um, And I still do a bunch of side things off of that. I enjoy just sharing with people. Like one of my favorite things is just going on, going on a Twitch, going on YouTube and just talking about things that I enjoy and hopefully other people want to talk about. Just 40K, movies, games, just whatever, you know, what, you know, what things have come out. And I love that, you know, because we, we have as a, a whole, like our, our game, you just from 40K, we have so many people that have so many different hobbies that you would have never thought they have mm. once you get to know people and you get all these shared experiences and i just love talking i love being out I, I, again i'm I'm real okay with myself on these things so i'm always willing to have people come take a look at me while i'm doing something i'm a pretty princess and people need to pay attention <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> there was never a prettier princess um <laughs> you've got uh, some good buddies your, your friend uh, pajama pants is great value too on the various shows that he's part of so shout out to him Way back, I saw a post. This is way back in your social media existence. I saw a post that said you wanted to get closer to your dream of creating 40K content for a living, which is pretty much now what you do. So you're you're legit living your dream. Health aside, the 40K and the content creation, that's all – that's what you want to do, right? Yeah, I love doing it. I love – I mean, I literally talk about a game and play a game for a living, and it's just fun. It's just the worst day of doing 40K stuff is better than the best days of my sales jobs and things of that nature and pizza. Yeah. It's just, you know, you're just working with something you like. So even, even bad days are good days at that point in time. And if you can go for it you know it's just a big deal you just i wish i did it earlier to be, to be, to be perfectly honest mm. i was always very cautious about you know taking the the road of safety with with job and everything else and not wanting to jump into media and stuff and i really wish i got in way way earlier doing content creation and just about everything in life just be willing to be in front and talk about things be they game be they just what you're doing yeah. You know, I love. I think people really like to look at things like getting ready for tournaments and what it takes. Because the thing is, is everybody has. I think that a lot of people think that the the top players like just you know robot their way into wins, but everybody comes in with the same doubts of just man, am I making the right decision? Am I bringing the right thing? Am I you know leading up to these? It's just you're making so many decisions, and you have the same doubts that everybody else has. So everybody's just the the human element is what I like, I guess. Just everybody's people in the end. I want to ask one more thing before we go. I need to talk to you about the top spot in the ITC at the end of last season. John Lennon just managed to, you know, get in there. Well, actually, uh, Richard Siegler ended up kind of riding over the top of everybody. 
goes to six you know, tournaments and then gets it. But I feel like John Lennon was the one that you had it and then Lennon, you weren't able to go to an event and Lennon went and then he took it off you. He uh, took it off me and then, uh, and then LVO, I shouldn't have bothered going to LVO. I was a, I was a hot mess there, but I love the, I loved it going through the season though. Uh, I had enough time to go to a decent amount of events. I went to a lot of events and I love the, the chase. The chase was super fun. So I don't know how much I'm going to push for it this year, but I would like to get in there because I haven't won the ITC. I wasn't going to enough stuff. I've been in the top, you know, top tens, top fives, uh, for a long time, but I, I was really pushing for it and held the spot for a while Yeah, and it was exciting, you know, just to, just to keep going. And I, and I love, I love that idea of kind of chasing the rankings. So it's a sports thing on that too, you know, just yeah. being number one for a long time and holding it is tough too, you know? So, it, but it was, it was very, it's very tough, very fun at the same time. So it was, it was an exciting deal. Well, you only need to go to six tournaments, apparently. You just need to pick the right six. Exactly. You just pick the right six to go to. Download the win program. That's all you got to do. (laughs) That's right. You can do good for me on that. (laughs) Well, listen, man, it's so good to uh, talk to you. I really appreciate your time. And all the best for this year. I know that it's going to be – there are different goals and there are different things, and health is dominating some of it, and you've got to change the way you do things a little bit. But – all the best for this year in life and in 40K. We wish you we wish you well with all of it. Appreciate it. Yourself also. Nothing but the best, my friend. A real big thanks to Brad Chester for taking the time. But check out old man Brad at theartofwar40k.com. The coach is in. The link to his coaching service and his other content is in our show notes. And thanks so much to you for listening. Really appreciate it. If you liked this show... Well, maybe you'll enjoy some of the other chats with game changers like Winters and the Tabletop Titans and Richard Siegler and Mike Brandt and Jim Vessel and Lawrence Baker and many more, all at 40kgamechangers.com. I'll see you next time. Until then, I'm Steve Joel. This has been 40K Game Changers. Game Changers.